Good morning. Good morning. Hallelujah, Arise family. Hey, Miss Esther, I love you. How you doing this morning? Are you happy? Are you excited? In Jesus, good. He's in the room, amen? He's like right here, like really close by his spirit, amen? Awesome. Okay, hey, can we just give God a hand? Just give him praise for the worship this morning. Can we thank the worship team for leading us this morning? Come on, Jesus, man. This is awesome. And, and, and Melanie already mentioned it. If, if you didn't know, today is Pentecost Sunday. We're celebrating the fact that 2,000 years ago, God sent the Holy Spirit and power. Amen. That's actually what we're going to go after this morning. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and more specifically this morning, I want to talk about the revival fire of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, it's the inauguration of the church. It's when the church was birthed. It was actually birthed in a revival, a fiery revival. <laughs> but, but, but listen, but before, before we go into that, I, I have to say something. This is really, really important. And this will actually kind of lead way into it. If, if you were not here last week, this is huge. If you were not here last week or you haven't been able to listen to Melanie's message, yeah, you got to go back and listen to it. It was one of those like life-changing words for me. I, I, spent, I spent the whole week literally reflecting on it. I journaled on it. I opened up a Word document on my computer and I began to just write down just some goals and some vision for my personal walk with Jesus from her message. Like, you got to go back. L listen, let me just, if you haven't heard it yet, let me just give you a little teaser. You ready? Melanie, last week, she talked about the provision of God. His provision. And she used the story of Abraham and Isaac in a way I've never heard before, which is usually the case when Melanie teaches she brings the Word of God to life. And, and, and she, what, this is one of the things she said that was so significant for me. She said, the story of Abraham and Isaac is less about uh, Abraham's faith being tested. It required faith, right? Abraham had to have faith to put his son Isaac on the altar right before the Lord. But she said, it's less about Abraham's faith being tested. And it was more about God wanting to show Abraham that he is his provider. And God provided the sacrifice other than Isaac. Y'all, like the provision of God is more than you and I just asking God to, to, to meet our everyday needs. In the words of Melanie, it's more than us asking God for trinkets to make our Christian life more comfortable. The provision of God is God giving us vision to see, to see bigger, to see greater, to dream bigger, to believe God for more. This is who the Father is. Because look at me, church. God wants to use us to build his kingdom. He wants to use us to build his kingdom. So he says, man, I, don't just ask for trinkets. 
I've given you vision to go after more, to step out and to know that I will provide. Look, and when God provides, it's way bigger and better than anything we could ever ask of, think of, or imagine. He proved that by providing his son, Jesus. Listen, when, when God gave up his son, Jesus, you talk about provision. In John 10, 10, Jesus says, uh, like, when you believe in me, you receive life and life abundant. God wants to provide abundance for us this morning and every day of our life. Are you with me? <laughs> Go back and listen to it. I didn't even just do it justice. And, and here's something, and this is what I've been thinking about this week. As I've been journaling about it, writing about it, uh, 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 praying into God's provision for my life. You know, God not only provided Jesus the ultimate sacrifice, God also provided the Holy Spirit for us. You, you talk about provision for us as believers. And it happened 2,000 years ago today on the day of Pentecost. And we're going to walk through that story, but I want you to think about something. This is something that's been hitting my heart uh, over the past year just in my walk with Jesus. We don't always think about this, but you know, God provided two people. He gave up. He sent not only Jesus, He also sent the Holy Spirit. He gave up two people for us. Like in, like in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they had been with each other from the very beginning of time. Are you with me? They were the first family in the kingdom. They were establishing that the kingdom of God is going to be made up of a family unit. Amen. Remember in Genesis chapter 126, God said, let us, he's talking about himself, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. He said, let us make mankind into our image. What is God doing right there? He's getting rid of the hierarchy. He's saying, this is not going to be about me. This is going to be about we. We're going to do this together. Because see, so many times we think it's the Father, you know, Father's first, and then Jesus second, and the Holy Spirit third. No, he got rid of that hierarchy. He says, this is going to be a family, a family business. Y'all, look at me. We were created to not go at this Christian life alone. We were created and wired for relationship. First and foremost with God, and then it spills over into relationship with each other. We need each other. God established a family from the beginning. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, was with him from the beginning, which makes it that much more special, that much more significant, which tells us that much more about God's heart and his love for us, that he would be willing to break up his family for a moment, to send his son Jesus so that we could all become family. Think about that just for a second, church family. God is in heaven. You know, sin separates man and God, but nothing can separate us from his love. He loved us so much that he looked at Jesus and said, you got to go. There, there's a sacrifice that has to be made, a price that has to be paid that can only come from you. There's a blood that has to be shed that can only come from the Son of God. And so God gave him up. You talk about provision. He gave him up so that we could become family, so that we could be adopted in as, as children of God, so that he could see us the same way he sees his son Jesus. So we can have what Jesus has. Provision. 
Jesus came, he's crucified, he won the victory over the sin of the world and everything that came with it. Three days later, he's resurrected, and then he ascends to be back with the Father. But as soon as Jesus gets back with his family, God looks at the Holy Spirit and says, now it's your turn. Boom. What a father. What a family. Now it's your turn. The only difference is the Holy Spirit didn't come to be crucified, resurrected, and to send back to be with the Father. The Holy Spirit came to stay. He came to remain. He came to live in us and to rest upon us. Listen, everybody, church family, the Holy Spirit is a game changer in our life as believers. Provision, y'all, for every day of our life. See, this, this was God's plan. You ready? God's plan was for you and I to put our faith in His Son, Jesus, and what He accomplished on the cross, to believe in Him with our heart. And when we believe in Him with our heart, Jesus comes to live in us through the agency of the Holy Spirit. This was God's plan. I'm going to put my spirit in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says that our body is the temple that the Holy Spirit lives and dwells in. We carry the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, 16, it says the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit and we become children of God. See, the moment you believed in Jesus, the Spirit came inside of you. And our spirit looked at the Holy Spirit and said, well, I've been waiting on you my whole life. Because we're wired for this. We're wired for relationship. And the Holy Spirit looks at our spirit and goes, well, I've been waiting on this moment my whole life. And the Holy Spirit and our spirit become one spirit. And now we are led by the Holy Spirit every day, everywhere we go. In, in John 14, 23, Jesus says this, Me and my Father, we will make our home, our home inside of you. Now, how is it that God can be on the throne and Jesus on his right side, but at the same time, they can both be living inside of us? How is that possible? By the Holy Spirit. Look at me, church. The Holy Spirit has changed everything for us. God's willingness to not only give up Jesus, but to send the Holy Spirit to stay, to remain, to live in us. The Holy Spirit is, is the reason that we have intimacy, connection, and communion with the Father. When we say, man, God is so close. Melanie mentioned it during the offering. God is so close. How is God so close? He lives in us by His Spirit. Connection, communion, intimacy. The Holy Spirit is the voice of God in our life. Right? We get to be in tune with the Father's heart through the Holy Spirit. We get to hear from the Father to us and towards the world around us. How? By the Holy Spirit. The Spirit changes everything. The Bible says in John 14 that the Holy Spirit is our helper. See, He's every day, He's helping us become more and more like Christ. Because that's who we are now. It's no longer we that lives, but it's Christ that lives inside of us. And we get to become like Him because His Spirit lives in us. Yeah. Are you following me? It's, he, he's changed everything for us. He's helping us become, He's help. if our goal is to become like Christ, the Holy Spirit's helping us meet that goal every day as we are led by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that He's our, our counselor. He counsels us. Every day of our life, man, he wants to make sure that every action we take and every decision we make stems from being in love with Jesus. 
if we begin to, to, to do things apart from Jesus, the Bible says apart from him you can do no good things. So the Holy Spirit in us is helping us not do anything apart from Jesus so that everything that we do and everything we pursue is good for us. Hallelujah. He's the counselor. We, we got to turn to him before we turn to anything and anyone else. He'll speak to us. He's the voice of God in our life. He's our advocate. He's our comforter. God knew that we would be in uncomfortable situations. So he sent the Spirit so that we could live from rest and live from peace. And live knowing, man, that God is for us. He is with us. He's working all things for the good in our life. It's this constant, the Spirit is the constant reminder of who the Father is. Are you happy this morning? This is the Holy Spirit. But it actually doesn't stop there. You know, the, the Bible also describes the Holy Spirit as uh, the one who convicts the world of sin. In John 16, 7, Jesus tells his disciples, God's sending one to convict the world, the Holy Spirit. Y'all, I've learned this. One of the most powerful ways that we encounter the love of God is through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Like recently when I've been convicted from something, like let's say, like I want to be the best father I can be to Jethro and Blaze. I love them boys more than I even know what to do with, okay? And I, I want to help them, empower them, encourage them. I'm going to discipline them in the right way. I want to raise them in the way that they should go. But how many know I'm not perfect? <laughs> Parents? <laughs> and so recently there's been times where the Holy Spirit will bring this conviction. Maybe I didn't handle something the right way. Maybe I, I reacted rather than responded. Whatever the case may be. And the Holy Spirit will convict me, man. And all of a sudden I'll just burst into tears of excitement. I don't feel bad. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel ashamed. You know why? Because when the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes on me, man, I'm reminded of how in love the Father is with me. I'm reminded, and I get excited because I know I'm about to bear fruit. Whoa! Like I'm about to be a better father in that area of their lives. This is exciting. I'm about to adjust things and correct things and bear fruit. Y'all, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so incredibly powerful. It's God loving us so well. This is the Spirit in us. But watch, this is incredible. Here's where we get the revival fire of the Holy Spirit. God not only sent the Spirit to live in you, He sent the Holy Spirit so we can live in Him. Like, like, uh, in other words, so that we could be immersed in, baptized in, filled with Him. The Spirit in us all of a sudden becomes the Spirit upon us. The Bible is very clear. It makes a, a distinct uh, uh, clarification and difference between the Holy Spirit coming in us, us being born again, receiving the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit coming upon us, us being baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus tells his disciples, you will be clothed. You will be clothed with power. In Acts 1, 8, Jesus tells his disciples, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, they had just received the Holy Spirit. In John 20, 21, peace I give to you. 
go and do what the Father sent me to do. Now you're going to go do it, right? Just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you now. And he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When we receive the Holy Spirit, he comes in us. When we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, we go in him. Do you see that? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Power. Look at me. You guys, the Holy Spirit is the key to an effective, powerful Christian life. He's the key. The Holy Spirit is the power of God on this earth. On this earth. The Holy Spirit, look, look is the reason that the miraculous gets to become normal. The Holy Spirit is the reason that we get to see and experience miracles, right? And they're miracles to us. We go, wow, what a miracle. And the Holy Spirit's over here going, this is what I do. This is why I came. This is why I'm here. I'm the power of God. The Holy Spirit came to deliver to everyone what Jesus paid for them to have. It's why God not only gave up Jesus, it's why he gave up his spirit the deliverer. Are you with me? Look at me, church. Everything we see happen on this earth, everything we see God do takes place through the Holy Spirit. Everything. Jesus did not do a single miracle apart from the Holy Spirit. He did no miracles apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the key to his success. <laughs> right? Are you with me? And the same Holy Spirit that rested upon him is the same spirit that lives in and rests upon us. Our key to be able to do everything Jesus did, even greater things than these, John 14, 12. How, how in the world can we do what Jesus did? How in the world can we do what we read about? The Holy Ghost! He sent the Spirit. The Spirit is the game changer for us. He's the key to an effective, powerful Christian life. The Holy Spirit is the reason that the supernatural gets to become natural. It's like super to us, but the Holy Spirit's going, this is what I do. This is why I'm here. And I've chosen you to be the ones that I do it through. We get to be a part of this thing. We're in, in, not only in relationship, but in partnership with God. How? Through the Holy Spirit. He's the reason that the impossible becomes possible. He's the reason that the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, when Jesus said, hey, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Look, watch. Man, Jesus was saying, hey, God, the Spirit's here. I'm able to manifest God's kingdom because the Spirit's here. Because the Spirit's not a space or a place. The Spirit's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. And if we have Him, then we're able to experience the kingdom, not just later on, but right here and right now every day of our life. He's the key to the kingdom manifesting. It's the Spirit. It's the Spirit. He changes everything. He's the key to an effective, powerful Christian life. And it all started a couple thousand years ago today on the day of Pentecost. I, I want to do something. I want to walk through Acts chapter 2 a little bit, not every scripture. But if you have your Bibles, this is funny. I rarely do this. I'm going to like read from my Bible because I just like, like to preach and just like quote the scripture. But I'm just going to open up my Bible this morning. We're going to read through Acts chapter 2. So when you get there, hold your place because th this is important too. Because when I read Acts chapter 2, what I see and what I read is the revival fire of Holy Spirit. Okay? 
Now, listen, when you hear the word revival, okay, if, if you're like me, and I want to get better at this, it's so easy to think of revival as something that happens in a certain space or place, okay? It's so easy when you hear the word revival, you're like, man, somebody has a meeting or a gathering somewhere and worship, they begin to worship, the Holy Spirit crashes in. People begin to worship, people begin to get healed, saved, set free. People begin to get delivered for things like the Holy Spirit's moving and, and, and you're having revival. And then one worship set or night turns into another night, another night, and then two weeks later, they're still worshiping in the same space or place. And then all of a sudden, people begin to hear about it. Oh, there's revival taking place in that city or in this area. Like, we got to go. Like, let's go to revival. But look at me. Look at me. I'm all about it. I, sign me up. I'm there. I want to go too. That is absolutely 100% revival. But here's what I'm, I've learned through Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. This is what God's been showing me. That revival is not just something that happens in a space. It's someone that happens to me. And, and I get to carry him with me in every space and place I go. Are you with me? This is what I'm learning. I'm all about, like, like, like I would even go as far as to say this. Every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., there's no reason to not believe that we are in revival. Like the Holy Ghost is here. We, we would have it no other way. We will not ever have service apart from the Holy Spirit. He is our service. He is God with us. He is Jesus in our hearts. He is Jesus around us. He is everything. Are you with me? But I'm also realizing when you read the book of Acts chapter 2, it's the inauguration of the church. It's the day that the church was birthed. It was birthed in a revival fire. And what you read is that quickly, the 120 that were filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room, they quickly moved into mission. This is what you'll see. So what I'm, what I'm realizing more and more is that God never intended for the revival fire of the Holy Spirit to be contained to a space. He intended it to be a fire that spreads everywhere we go. This is revival fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm all about the gathering, the meeting. But at some point, man, we break the holy huddle and we spread this thing like wildfire. Fire, because the world around us, not everybody's going to come to a revival meeting, a holy huddle. I meet people every day, my next door neighbors, man, that don't know Jesus yet. Prayed for one of them, man, the little kids visiting, 13-year-old kid, nephew visiting our next door neighbor. We're playing one-on-one -on -one basketball yesterday. He's got a hurt knee, he's got a hurt thigh. Hey, Jesus loves you, he wants to heal you right now. He's like, really? Like, yeah, bro, he loves you so much. He sits down on the concrete, he's got one uh, 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 um, earbud in, listening to NWO, whatever that is, some sort of rap stuff. And I sit on my basketball and I go, I share the complete gospel with him. Dude, he looks, no, he looks at me like this. And I get through sharing the gospel, he goes, that's the greatest thing I ever heard. <laughs> like, like, seriously, 
Because he's like, at the beginning, he's like, well, I've been to church before, and I'm, I'm starting to want to go more. I said, because Jesus is pursuing you, bro. He loves you. We prayed for his legs. He stood up, and he said, man, they feel light. His whole countenance was different. He goes, there's something happening to my legs. I said, that's Jesus. I said, I cannot heal you, but Jesus can and will. I said, there's nothing special about me, but there's something really special about the one who lives inside of me. Y'all, that's, that's, that's just the revival fire spreading everywhere you go. It doesn't have to look a certain way, but it has to look like something. Yeah. <laughs> and you see, the 120, they didn't stay in the upper room. Because God never intended for it to be contained. It spread. They went. All right, all right, all right, let's go. Acts chapter 2. Oh, man, let's go quick. Acts chapter 2. We're, going, we're just going to read the first verse and then pause, okay? <laughs> this verse is not going to seem very significant, but I want to show you how significant it is. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Okay, let's stop. When the day of Pentecost came, now this is really significant because, first of all, the word Pentecost means 50 or 50th, okay? It's the 50th day after Passover in the Jewish festivals. And in this particular context, it's the 50th day after Jesus was crucified. He was the ultimate Passover lamb. He's crucified. Three days later, he's resurrected. He's on the earth for about 40 days. And then he gives his disciples this great commission, and then he ascends to be back with the Father. And so it's super significant that we realize that the disciples obeyed Jesus. They were all together in one place waiting. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, gives them a great commission. He says, but before you can fulfill this thing, before you go and spread this fire that they didn't even know about yet, he says, you have to wait for the gift that my Father has promised you that we've been talking about. In just a few days, you will be filled with or baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, the disciples had no idea what they were waiting on. I can imagine even the disciples in the upper room afraid, waiting but yet scared and afraid because they want to obey Jesus and fulfill this great commission. But they're like, how are we going to do this without you, Jesus? And Jesus is trying to tell them, listen, you're not going to do it without me. I'm going to send the Spirit. But listen, it's no longer going to be about you being in my physical presence. My presence is going to be in you. My presence is going to be upon you. And with my presence, it's going to come power so that you can do everything you've been seeing me do and even greater things than these. Woo! They had no idea that they were waiting on the key to an effective, powerful, amazing Christian life. They had no idea they were about to embark on a journey of a lifetime. Full of boldness, full of courage, full of love, full of Jesus, full of the Spirit, full of power. But they waited. Look at me, church. The Great Commission is an impossible dream apart from the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, it gets to be fulfilled. It doesn't matter how much gumption you got. It doesn't matter like how on fire you are for Jesus and the gospel, how much passion you have for Jesus and the gospel, how great your intentions are. If you and I are not leaning into and resting in and dependent upon the Holy Spirit, we'll see very little happen. That, that's why it's so important that you realize God sent the Holy Spirit. Like he's the one that changes lives. 
He's the one that heals. It, Jesus even tells the disciples in John 15, 26, 27, he says, the Holy Spirit's gonna testify about me. The Holy Spirit's gonna deliver what I paid for everyone to have. He's gonna be the one that, that changed lives. Then he goes on and says, but you're also gonna testify. In other words, you and I get to be the people that he testifies through, but it's not gonna be you. It's gonna be the Spirit through you. It's the pressure coming off this morning. <laughs> And the pleasure of being sons and daughters, walking with an awareness of the Spirit. Look, let's keep reading. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Here it comes. Ooh, here it comes. They're in the upper room. They're waiting. They're being obedient. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were uh, sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Here's the revival fire. Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I think it's so significant and powerful. He came like a flaming tongue of fire. This is the revival fire. And think about this just for a second. This has been hitting home with me. So in order for a fire to remain lit to continue burning and even spread, it needs two components, okay? In order for fire to stay lit and to spread, it needs two components. It needs oxygen and it needs a combustible material. Okay, all right, all right. this is awesome. <laughs> if, if you have a candle in front of you and you put something over that candle and cover it completely, you take the oxygen out, it cannot burn anymore, it's done for. Look, look, what if? What if the Holy Spirit is the oxygen to our fire? See, see, look, what if the Holy Spirit is the reason that you and I never, ever have to burn out, but we get to burn on for Jesus? <laughs> this is, I'm telling you, this has changed my life. What, what if we allow the Holy Spirit to be in charge of our flame? He's the oxygen, Right? He keeps our fire lit. That's why we never burn out. It's why it's so important that you and I, man, rest in, dependent, are dependent upon Him, are leaning into and living with an awareness of Him. So look, this is what's changed my life. As a son of God, as a leader here at this church, as, as somebody that loves to share the gospel, as somebody that loves to empower people to share the gospel, here's what, what's changed my life. I, I've realized that the key to effective evangelism is living with a continuous awareness of the Holy Spirit. It is just, it's changed everything for me. Because I'm the one with, with the passion and the fire. I want to see the whole world safe. But if I'm not resting and dependent upon the Holy Spirit, I'll see very little accomplished. It'll become more about me and ministry rather than about the Holy Spirit that's driven by love for other people. It's living with an awareness of the Spirit. See, when I, when I live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit and I share the gospel with someone and they don't receive Jesus, I don't have to walk away defeated, feeling like a failure, wondering if everything that I said was okay and trying to rework me sharing the gospel. <laughs> Are you with me? See, when I live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit, I, I realize all the time that whether they reject Jesus or accept Jesus, no matter what, I've partnered with the Holy Spirit to plant a seed. Yeah. 
I've, I've given the Spirit something to work with. I've given him something to water. So I don't walk away discouraged, feeling like a failure. I go, man, I've just made it that much more difficult for them to keep running from Jesus. Because I was willing to open up my mouth and share the gospel. See, I live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit, which means everywhere I go, he goes. When I step out, he steps out. When I open up my mouth, he opens up his. The pressure is off. I can't mess this up. It's what makes evangelism, this Christian life, so fun, so exciting, and so powerful. We have the Holy Ghost. He's a game changer. See, I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't have to be dependent upon how great I say it, how great I explain it, how great I pray it. I just open up my mouth because I know that my words become the Holy Spirit's words. He takes them and makes them his own and meets people where they are and gives them what they need because he's so good and so perfect in everything that he does. I just rest in him <laughs> and just scatter seed everywhere I go. Are you with me? See, when I live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit, if I pray for somebody to be healed and nothing changes or they don't get healed, I don't walk away discouraged, defeated all man. I walk away being reminded, man, that the Holy Spirit still went forth. A momentum was created, man, for them to step into their breakthrough. It's not about me. It's about the Spirit in me, on me, through me, and a love for the people around me. See, watch. Because I live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit, and there's an opportunity for me to share Jesus or tell someone that Jesus loves them or pray for somebody or share the gospel, and I don't take that opportunity. Everybody look at me. I don't share the gospel with everybody. And there are plenty, let me say this again, there are plenty of times that I either don't take or I miss that opportunity for whatever reason. I'm in a hurry. I feel apprehensive. Come on, man. Can I just be vulnerable for a second? We're all in this thing together. This is a family business. So there's plenty of times where I don't take or I miss that opportunity. But because I live with an awareness of the Holy Spirit, the first thing the Holy Spirit does is go, hey, Wes, I just want to remind you, it's not what you do that pleases me. It's who you are that pleases me. <laughs> you are God's son in whom he is well pleased without you doing a single thing. <laughs> but then the Holy Spirit in his love goes, but Wes, because of who you are, I just want you to know, man, the next time you get that opportunity, you can take it because I got your back. When you step out, I step out. I just want you to know, man, look, that this, this is who you are. You can take every opportunity if you want to. You don't, it's okay if you don't. There's grace. I love you, Wes. I'm proud of you. God has already stamped his seal of approval on you through the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'm just letting you know, because of who you are, if you'll take that opportunity, I got you. You won't miss it. You won't mess it up. I'll move. I'll work even when you don't think. <laughs> Look at me, church family. It's living with an awareness of the Holy Spirit. It's the key to effective evangelism. It's the key to a powerful Christian life. He has changed everything. Are you happy this morning? This is us. This is us. Man, Lord, all right, let's keep reading. Okay. All right, so keep in mind, the Holy Spirit 
is the one that's in charge of our flame, okay? The Holy Spirit is the oxygen to our flame. But the other component, man, that, that, needs, to, that needs to happen, that a fire has to have, is a combustible material. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation and under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language, utterly amazed. They asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? All right, let's stop right there. Here's what that scripture's saying. He's, the, the, the disciples, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in new tongues. And then all of a sudden, everybody from all different nations are there gathered for Pentecost. And they're hearing different languages. And they go, man, aren't these people Galileans? In other words... Man, the Galileans of that day were the nobodies. They were the unschooled nobodies, tent makers, fishermen, carpenters, farmers. They had very little education, much less was able to speak a whole new language. Are you with me? But the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit takes the nobodies and turns them into somebodies. Well, isn't it amazing that Jesus would choose carpenters, tent makers, like the nobodies of the region and say, you're going to follow me. You're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. The whole point is this. We, we are all the combustible material that the fire rests upon. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit is the oxygen to our flame, we are the combustible material that allows this fire to spread everywhere we go. Every single one of you. When you least expect it, when you're not even looking for it, and when you're hungry for it, you are combustible material. I recently just heard a testimony of a guy. This is just incredible. He's, he's living on the streets. He's strung out on drugs, but now he's out of money. He's depressed. He's suicidal, all these things. And some, a gentleman walks up and says, I'll pay for you to go to this Christian rehab. And the guy's at his wit's end. He's got nothing left. He wants to end his life anyway. He goes, whatever, I'll go with you. He spends the night, wakes up the next morning, already having withdrawals. And he goes into the main room where all the other men go. They have a Bible study every morning in that main room. And he's sitting down. He doesn't want to be there. He's starting to get angry. He's having withdrawals. He wants to end his life. And the guy leading the Bible study walks in and says, before we crack open the Bible... I feel like there's somebody here that needs to give their life to Jesus. And maybe you don't even believe that he exists or is real. But if you'll open up your heart just a little bit, he'll come in. And the guy, suicidal, depressed, strung out, sitting there, he said he felt his heart start to beat. And he, under his breath, he just whispered, Jesus, if you're real, I want you. He said in that very moment, look, this is cool. In that very moment, he physically felt the Holy Spirit come inside and meet his spirit. He said also in that same moment, he felt like, he, he said, I felt like a warm blanket of heat come over me and I was filled with love and joy. And he said, all of a sudden my tongue started moving. <laughs> and he started speaking in tongues. He said, I had no context for this. I was the first person to hear anybody speak in tongues. And then he stood up and began to shout unto God. And he said in that very moment, all his withdrawals left, all suicidal thoughts left, all his addiction left. He said in the matter of 60 seconds, I went from being depressed, 
suicidal, wanting to take my life, strung out on drugs, having withdrawals, to being born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in new tongues, and so overwhelmed with the love and joy of God that I didn't know what to do with. Look at me, church family. 60 seconds. You know why? He was combustible material. He didn't want it. He wasn't pursuing it. But by grace, Jesus was in hot pursuit of him. He's in pursuit of everybody. You might least expect You not might even be looking for it. You, we are all combustible material. But here's what I've learned too as a believer. And this will be in closing. Uh, you know, probably. <laughs> Look, there's something about every day of our life. Just being open and ready and hungry for more of the Holy Spirit to come and fill our cup overflowing. Listen, you might already be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amazing. There's more. And you can actually have as much as you want. And let me just say this. When we talk about here at Arise being hungry for more of God, it doesn't mean that anybody's in lack. It doesn't mean that we're leaky vessels that need to be filled up from time to time because we walk around leaking the Holy Spirit. How do you leak the Holy Spirit out of you other than being a witness to the world around you? You got him. That flame of fire over you. He's the oxygen. We're the combustible material. When we say that we're hungry for more God, we're just aware that there's more of him to be had. We'll spend the rest of our lives, man, experiencing and encountering more of God. Every day of our life, the Holy Spirit wants to pour in into our cup so that we live in the overflow. So that being a witness for Jesus is never something we do. It's an overflow of who we are. So that it's never, ever about ministry. It's about people and a love for them. Are you with me this morning? Y'all, this is us. This is us. If you skip on down to verse 14, it says, And then Peter stood up and addressed the crowds. The Holy Spirit comes. It's the revival fire. It changed them forever. They received the key to change the world. But then they went and did it. Peter stood up and it says that that day, 3,000 people were added to the kingdom of God. And then if you look on further, you know, the, books, the book of Acts was written because they acted it's, they did acts. <laughs> they went. They moved. They partnered with. They acted. In Acts 2.47, it said, And many, many more were saved in the days to come. Because God never intended for the revival fire to be contained in a space. He intended for it to be spread everywhere we go. Church, church, it's time to go. I know you get this from me a lot, but for, for real, it's time to go. It's time to spread the fire because people around, they're needed, they're hungry for it, they're looking for it. But don't go without the Spirit. It's time to live with a conscious, continuous awareness and that God is with you, that He lives in you. You have the Holy Spirit, and with the Spirit comes power. See, I believe with all my heart, man, that 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 what the church needs, the capital C church, what it needs more than more material, more than events, which I love them all, more than training, which I love training, especially evangelism training. Matter of fact, this fall, I'm going to do an evangelism training. 
I'm not taken away from those things for a half second. I even believe that what the Capital C Church needs even more than a great prophetic word for what's going on in our country, I believe what the church needs most is the fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. There's so much happening around us. We got this whole target thing, man. Like they're just saying we got so much junk. And we're trying to figure out strategies and we're trying to figure out prophetic words and more material. What do we we need the fire of the Holy Spirit to go and spread, to go and release the kingdom, to go and build. And how many you know that God will provide? Thank you, Melody. God will provide. He is provision as we go. As we pro, he goes. I don't even know if that makes sense. But that's what we need, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Can we all just stand up this morning? Because I, I got really great, I got really awesome news this morning. <laughs> if you're here and you're already filled, first of all, let's start here. If you're here and you don't know Jesus yet and the Spirit doesn't live inside of you, you cannot leave without inviting Jesus in your heart. Don't do it. Don't leave. Well, that invited Jesus in your life. He, he wants to come in you and set up a home inside of you and give you not just life, but abundant life. He wants to come in and forgive you from all of your sins, from all your junk, from all your mistakes. He wants to clean you up, clean you out, and make you a brand new Christian, uh, a brand new creation in the Christian. He wants to save your life, not just from something, but for what God has for you every day. Are you with me? But then there's more. The Spirit in us gets to be the Spirit upon us so that we can be witnesses. If you're already filled with the Holy Spirit, there's more. You can have more. And if you're here this morning and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I got great news. It's available. All you have to do is ask. And listen, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a sign of, of superiority. It's not for the elite. It's not for the chosen few. It's not for the select. God poured out His Spirit on all flesh we're all combustible material and all you have to do is ask ask and you shall receive it's a gift from god it's nothing we achieve it's a gift we get to receive ask and you'll receive seek and you'll find knock whoo and jesus will dip you in that holy fire i'm telling you right now so can we, can we just we're just going to do that is that okay i don't even know how to do it it's better experienced than it is explained, I promise. Can we all just put our hands out in front of us? And Alex, if you'll play that song. And look, 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 look. There's more. And you can have more this morning. Yeah. And if you, need, if you need a fresh baptism, a fresh touch, you can have it. All you have to do is ask, Jesus, dip me in that liquid fire. Holy Spirit, come. If you've never been filled... All you have to do is ask, Holy Spirit, fill me. Jesus baptized me in the liquid fire of the Holy Spirit, and He will. Whether you feel something or not, man, it doesn't matter. He'll do it. Don't just wait on the feeling, but don't be surprised if you feel something. Hallelujah. God loves you. He's with you. He's for you. He has provided the Holy Ghost in fire, and with the fire comes power so we can go and be His witnesses. Right now, we're going to sing this song together and just ask Him. Come on, let it rain. Come on, right now. Holy Spirit, come. We don't have to work anything up. You're already here. We just thank you that you fill us. A, fr a fresh touch. Come on, come on, come on.
open the floodgates of heaven. <laughs> Come on. Come on, church. Combustible material. <laughs> yeah! Thank you, God, for sending your spirit. We want him. We want more. We want to burn for you, Jesus. We want to see souls saved, bodies healed, minds renewed, hearts set free. We want to go and spread the gospel. We want to go and spread the fire. But we want to do it with you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come on, Holy Ghost. Let it rain. Let it rain. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, ask him for more. Come on, ask him for more. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like this morning, I just see a, just a, a yes over every person's heart for more. Do you feel that? Like I really see a yes. So when I count to three, I want us all to just together as a church family just say yes as loud as we can. Not just from our lungs, but from our heart. And I feel like the Holy Spirit's going to continue to work and move. And I feel like He wants you to know that He wants to work and move through you this week, this summer. So when I count to three, a resounding yes together. You ready? One, two, three. Yes! We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. We say yes to you, God. We say yes to the Great Commission. We say yes. Fill us up overflowing, Holy Spirit. Let us be used by you to build your kingdom on this earth. We say yes. Hey, can we do it one more time? A resounding yes. One, two, three. Yes. We say yes, Jesus. <laughs> 